Blue Jays pitcher Anthony Bass shows why you should never apologize to the woke mob. The Canadian Museum for Human Rights gets hit with a fact check on Twitter after claiming, quote, 215 children were discovered in unmarked graves at the former Kamloops Indian Residential School in 2021. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's special rapporteur David Johnston is refusing to step down after members of parliament passed a non-binding motion calling for him to remove himself from the role. Hello Canada, it is Thursday, June 1st, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Andrew Lawton. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. And we have got you covered with all the news you need to know, so let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Although Blue Jays pitcher Anthony Bass issued an apology for a post about Christianity and the Target boycott on his Instagram, uh, LGBTQ activist groups are calling for his head on a platter. In a video statement published by the Toronto Blue Jays' Twitter account, Bass said he was sorry for sharing an Instagram reel from a Christian social media influencer that discussed the biblical foundations for boycotting companies that promote gender ideology to children. Take a listen. I recognized yesterday uh, I made a post that was hurtful to the Pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine, and I am truly sorry for that. Um, I just spoke with my teammates and shared with them my actions yesterday, and I apologize with them. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays' resources to better educate myself, to make better decisions moving forward. Uh, the ballpark is for everybody. Uh, we include all fans at the ballpark, and we, we want to welcome everybody. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Within hours of the apology being posted on the official team's Twitter account, the radical far-left group Egal Canada called on the Blue Jays to take Bass off the roster altogether. Egal Canada wrote, quote, Despite apologizing, Blue Jays' Anthony Bass has used his platform to share anti-2SLGBTQI hate. It's time for the Jays to take 52 off the roster and stand with the 2SLGBTQI community. The Instagram post in question was a short clip by the Christian influencer Ryan Miller in which he explains why Christians should support the boycott of Target, Bud Light, and other companies pushing so-called woke ideology. Uh, Lindsay, this is not all that surprising, is it? I mean, these apologies never seem to work. They never seem to pacify the very people who are angry in the first place. No, there really is no reason to apologize. And, you know, earlier this spring, there was also a controversy with pride jerseys in hockey um, and that was because some of the players said they had Christian beliefs some of them were Russian and were saying they can't promote LGBT symbols because they might face consequences back in Russia um, and that it seemed like they got some empathy there and and the issue kind of went away um, but here now we have you know Agal Canada this is the same group that wants to ban Fox News, um, and the CRTC is actually entertaining this, and they launched a public consultation into it. So uh, now Agal Canada is saying 
get rid of Anthony Bass. Yeah, the point you just raised there is an interesting one. And I think it shows that there's almost a hierarchy on this sort of stuff. If you believe what Anthony Bass does because of Christian beliefs, well, that's inexcusable. But if you have a different approach, perhaps because of some overlapping religious identity or national origin, people are more sympathetic, which I think kind of shows that a lot of this is just so theatrical. Right. And, you know, Anthony Bass can't seem to catch a break because he's actually the same person who in April he went viral because he tweeted about how United Airlines made his pregnant wife clean up after her two kids while she was on a flight so he tweeted a picture of the two kids and there's a whole bunch of popcorn on the ground and he was mad that his wife was made to clean up the popcorn um, and he en- and he ended up uh, deleting his Twitter account over that. So, you know, maybe I'm not with him on the cleaning up thing. I think he- his wife should have <laughs> tried to clean up the popcorn. But I do believe in his um, right to freedom of expression. I don't think he should have had to apologize for this. I don't think he should be removed from the roster for this. Two years after the apparent discovery of unmarked graves, Have the remains of 215 children been discovered at the former residential school in Kamloops? No, no remains have been found as no excavations have taken place. And Twitter rightfully fact-checked the Canadian Museum for Human Rights for making the claim. Last weekend, the museum tweeted, It has been two years since the remains of 215 children were discovered in unmarked graves at the Kamloops Indian Residential School. This claim is based on reporting by the legacy media on soil disturbances detected using radar technology that has been recognized internationally as being sensationalized and inaccurate. A subsequent community notes tag added by Twitter debunked the extraordinary claims made by the museum. The community note read, quote, No human remains have so far been found at the Kamloops Indian Residential School site, but soil disturbances were found. The RCMP has not been allowed to investigate, and Dr. Bolia stated that ground-penetrating radar is not capable of determining if a disturbance is human remains. Now, Andrew, this, this tweet came from the Canadian Museum for Human Rights, and museums should be authoritative bodies on knowledge. You should be able to trust, I would say, pretty much anything that a museum says, yet they blatantly lie in this tweet, they've left it up. And so, you know, I wonder why do the lies continue to reverberate? You know, it's been two years of no evidence that there are 200 missing children buried in the apple orchard of a former residential school. So, you know, is this issue just too convoluted for people? Or why are the the mistruths continuing? Well, I think you're right that the museum has no excuse to not get their facts right because they're basically, you know, the quasi-academic institutions in, in some ways. But the thing that I I think is interesting about this is that a lot of the people who talk about this and and spread the most untrue things about it, I I find have not even really read any of the reports, the stories on on which they're commenting. I mean, I've heard just outlandish claims from people that don't even know what the claims being made by Indigenous people are. Like people saying that there was some, you know, mass murder that took place when that's never even been a claim by the people of the, you know, Kamloops Indian Residential School. People claiming that 
you know, they're all children, which is, again, not entirely true in, in many of the sites, which were community graves. So a lot of the people just have taken this most sinister narrative they can and haven't even bothered to look at even the unproven aspects of this that are being claimed by others. They're just making their own claims up on the fly. Right. And, you know, I recently wrote about this issue and back in September 2022, there was a great guest op-ed written by James Pugh that was, you know, published in True North. And it talked about how these two independent researchers, one of them is named Nina Green, uh, the other is anonymous, but they looked into documentation and reports of a septic field that was in the same area where this radar found soil disturbances. And so they posit, these two researchers, that the things that Dr. Sarah Bolia and the, the Kamloops researchers think are uh, unmarked graves could actually be septic field drainage tiles. But because Dr. Sarah Bolia, who's working with the Kamloops Nation, she hasn't released her full report, so we don't know whether she was aware of that the documentation of that septic system. And they've gone dark, the the nation and, and this researcher. They will not answer questions from media or the public uh, or independent researchers. And we haven't gotten any news about what's going on at Kamloops since July 2021. So it's been a while since we've been privy to any findings. And because this is such a major, major story in Canada, I, I would I would wish that the public would get to know what's going on here. Because, uh, you know, back in 2021, and even there are still hints of it today, there was a really big anti-Canada sentiment. People were saying this is a genocidal nation. There were church burnings that weren't properly investigated. Um, and we still haven't really gotten the truth about what's going on here. Yeah, you're right. And remember, this was the story that triggered this mass uh, lowering of the Canadian flag, which lasted for months and ultimately ended just because Justin Trudeau decided one day to end it. Opposition MPs teamed up on Wednesday to pass a non-binding NDP motion which called on Special Rapporteur David Johnston to remove himself from the role in light of, quote, serious questions, unquote, raised about his mandate and recommendation against a public inquiry into Chinese interference into Canada's elections. However, despite the motion passing by a vote of 175 to 150, Johnston is refusing to step down. He wrote in a statement that he deeply respects the House of Commons to express its opinion about his work going forward. That's a direct quote. He also said that he's delivered on the first part of his mandate and there is much work to be done and a further public process is required, although not an inquiry. The Liberals continue to accuse the opposition of playing games with a serious issue. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau also continues to reject calls for a public inquiry and is not budging on his confidence in David Johnson. Meanwhile, on Tuesday, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh says he will not end his coalition deal with the, the Trudeau government over its bungling of the foreign interference file because doing so would trigger an election. And he says we need to make elections more safe and secure against foreign interference first. So obviously, there's a lot to this story here. It was never going to be a binding motion. But when you've got every single party against you, including, you know, the Conservatives and the NDP who don't often agree with each other, should that not give the Liberal government a bit of a pushback to say, OK, the, you, you've stepped in it here? 
there. Well, I think they see themselves as untouchable. I do hope that maybe, not necessarily I hope, but I think this kind of thing could have the effect of over time disgracing David Johnston, um, ruining his reputation if they keep this up. But maybe he figures, you know, he gets a per diem pay of 1400 to $1,600 for working on this, um, these reports he's doing. So maybe he figures he'll just take the money and if he damages his reputation a bit, you know, and, and becomes known as a, what would you say, you know, just Justin Trudeau's friend who will do whatever Justin Trudeau wants, um, maybe he'll he'll take it. Yeah, I mean, you raise an interesting point there, though, which is that, you know, if, if you believe David Johnston is credible and legitimate and trustworthy and unimpeachable and all of these things that Justin Trudeau has said, uh, by the end of this, he certainly is not going to look that way to a lot of people. So a uh, part of me wonders if, you know, David Johnston himself is having a, a bit of regret on this because he's just gotten himself into this situation. And now, uh, you know, all these people that didn't even think about him just don't particularly like him. That's it for today. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.